church benches and into the trenches. Let's make a righteous ruckus. Hey, welcome back, or welcome to another episode. I always do that. I don't know why I always do that. Welcome to another episode of the Righteous Ruckus Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Lowe. And today I want to conclude this uh, mini-series, if you will, on salvation. So as kind of I discussed, um, salvation is, uh, the first part is justification. That's where you accept the gift of salvation, right? Get saved, get born again. Um, second part is the sanctification, which is what you do from that point on until you die or enter into eternity. And then the last part is glorification, which is what will happen when we step into eternity. And that's an exciting part, and I want to kind of want to kind of go over that. I also want to tell you a story. So uh, I was bird hunting one time with uh, with a guy, and he said his dog could tell him how many birds there were in the bushes, right? And I was like, are you kidding me? He said, no, watch it, watch it. So we go out there, we come to this first plum thicket, right? His bird dog goes up and it goes on point. And he puts his foot down, he raises it back up. And the boy says, hey, he says, get ready, there's just one in here, you go ahead and shoot it. So I was like, ah, all right, well, we flushed it. Sure enough, there was just a single come out, boom, done. We come to the second plum thicket and that bird dog locks up and he goes, Puts his paw down, raises it up one more time, back up. That old boy says, okay, we'll both get one out of this. There's two in there. There's a double. So he's like, all right, whatever. So we flush them out. Sure enough, two birds, boom, boom, done. We come up to this third plum thicket. I was like, all right, I guess this dog knows what's up. We get up there, and this dog starts going nuts. He starts going crazy, running around in circles. He picks up this tree branch. He's shaking it around, and he's throwing it everywhere. And that guy, he gets my buddy gets really excited. He says, you hold on. He said, there's more birds in there than you can shake a stick at. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's a fictional story. That didn't ever really happen. But it, it, it's, a, it's a funny joke, in, in my opinion. It may have went over everybody's head. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, anyway, so let's talk about glorification. Let's get focused here. Let's quit following rabbit trails, if you will to throw in another dog hunting joke there. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, so the definition of glorification, right? The, this definition is God's final removal of sin from the life of the saints. The saints is everyone who's saved, right? In the eternal state. So the God's final removal of sin from the life of everyone who's saved in the eternal state. So once you step into eternity and you... Your sins are removed, right, when, at the justification, and then you're working on getting closer and closer to Christ um, throughout your sanctification. And then once you hear, you, this is kind of the culmination of it all, right? You've been trying to live your changed life, even though you still do sin, and you're going to be enter into eternity. And for one thing, we're going to we're going to kind of the veil will be lifted, and we'll kind of see. Um, our reward, if you will, for for um, accepting Christ's payment for our sins, right? We'll get to be rewarded for that by seeing this and getting um, new resurrected bodies that have some cool stuff. That's kind of what I want to mainly go over today. Not so much like, oh, what's heaven going to be like? Are we going to be playing a harp forever? Or what are we going to be doing? No, that's, and that's those are all false beliefs. And trust me, guys, here's the thing. 
Whatever description you see of heaven, no matter how good, no matter how good any human being tells you it's going to be, it's going to be a lot better. It will be a lot better, guys. Trust me. Don't trust me. Trust God. It's going to be, you know, everybody in the Bible that's describing heaven, even Jesus is describing it in terms that people could maybe try to understand and wrap their mind around. It's going to blow everything that you ever knew away. So I'm really looking forward to that. So, you know, instead of, so basically, you know, the glorification, once you either, you know, once either the rapture happens or the, or, or we go through the, the, the tribulation and Jesus comes the second time or you die, right? And you enter into eternity to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. So what, when that happens, you know, instead of being mortals burn, burdened with the sin nature, we will be changed into holy immortals with unhindered access to God's presence of eternity for eternity. This final glorification is the culmination of sanctification. That's what I got wrote down there. Um, R.C. Sproul has a cool example, and it, it actually describes more, it focuses more on the sanctification than anything. But so he does this illustration where on one side, like he'll have, he'll call somebody up on stage and he'll have somebody stand up way on the one side of the stage and he'll say, okay, this person's Jesus. And he'll have another person get up there and he'll say, okay, you person, you stand way on the other side of the stage. And that's the, the worst person that's ever lived, whether it be Hitler or Mao Zedong or Vladimir Lenin, whoever, whoever you, if you can envision is the worst human being to ever live, that person's way over there. And then he says, okay, let's look at the Apostle Paul. Probably one of the, if not the most sanctified people to ever live, ever walk the face of the earth. He's like, so he would be somewhere in between Jesus and the worst person on earth, the worst person ever. And he's like, okay, so where is he at? Is he over here closer to Jesus? And he actually walks him way over there and stands him next to the worst person that ever lived. And he's like, here, you're right here. The the Apostle Paul is right next to the worst person who ever lived. And if you look at the whole thing in its entirety, the difference between the best person to ever live and the worst person to ever lived is really negligible. So we've got this great chasm, great, great abyss between us, right? Kind of like, uh, kind of like between the, uh, the, the, Lazarus and the rich man, you know, the, the rich man's like, gee, oh, I can see him. There's this great chasm between me and Lazarus. If he could just, if he could just moisten my tongue a little bit, that'd be so great. You know, well, there's this great chasm between us and Jesus. It's huge. No matter how, no matter how good that we get, no matter how sanctified we become, we will be still wholly inadequate without the blood of Jesus. All right. And so once we step into glorification, then we go all the way across the stage and we're right next to Jesus, if not in the same spot as Jesus, which is actually incredible to even try to wrap our mind around. So once we get step into eternity, one of the things we'll receive is glorified bodies, That right? That's kind of the I know, man, I tell you what, that's one of the top things that I'm looking forward to. 
my body, you know, I, I think it was Paul describes this body as a tent. You know, it's a temporary dwelling. Well, my tent, man, my tent's got some rips and some patches and it's ugly. <laughs> you guys can vouch for it. If you're watching, if you're watching instead of listening, you can vouch. I got an ugly tent. So, <clears throat> but here's the thing. So I'm looking forward to this resurrected body to where I don't have hardware in there. I haven't had a baker's dozen surgeries. I haven't, I don't have these issues, right? And I'm, I'm not getting older and, you know, getting closer to the grave every time a day goes by. So let's look at this. Let's look at what these are like. So there's, there's seven, seven points I kind of want to go over as to what our resurrected bodies will be like. So the first one, uh, like here, well, here, this kind of tells us um, a little bit about like that R.C. Sproul example. Let's start off with this, with this verse. So this is 1 John 3, 2. Dear friends, we are already God's children, right? We are justified. Um, but he has not shown us, or not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. We'll get to see Christ, not in human form, but in holy form. It's going to be amazing. So the first thing is you will have an actual body, right? You're not just going to be some spirit floating around or just this plasma, um, you know, floating around. You will have a body. Let's look at Luke 24, 39 through 40. Look at my hands. This is Jesus here. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost, because ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. So he's showing them, I've got, touch me, touch me. I'm real. I'm here. Dude, I'm here. Another thing is our bodies will be imperishable. In other words, like this body, we can die. Um, I can get in a car wreck. I can get blown up. I can get burned up. I can drown. This, our new body's imperishable imperishable last the last forever right so uh first corinthians 15 53 for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies <laughs> that's that's pretty incredible you know um here's the thing and this actually just popped in my head it, you know, there's this whole trans movement lately, right? Where they say, oh, well, you can become something that you're not, right? Where the reality is when you're born again, when you are saved, when you are justified, this glorification, this new body is where we are going to become what we are. Now that, the, the space-time continuum just had did a record scratch, on that statement right there, but we will become what we are. We are a new creation in Christ. We will become what we are. All right. And I know that's, that's, that's kind of out there, but that, that's true. That's true. We will become what we are. Um, you will have a powerful body, right? You can think of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or you know, some really strong people and how powerful they are. First Corinthians 15. 1543, sown in dishonor, which is talking about when you die, sown in dishonor, raised in glory, 
sown in weakness, raised in power. So whatever the strongest person, the most powerful person in the world today can do, it's going to be nothing. That's going to be nothing for people with a resurrected body in heaven. It's going to be nothing for that. All right, number four is you'll be able to enjoy food. As you can see, I already enjoy food here, but I'll be able to do it without the consequences than the calorie count there. So Jesus, he ate after being resurrected. He comes back and he's talking to his, his buddies on the, on the shore and he's like, hey, cast your net over here, get some fish. And he's like, hey, come, come here, let's cook them up. All right, let's cook them up. Um, Luke 24, 41 through 43. Still they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate as they watched. Now, granted, somebody comes back from the dead. You're going to watch him eat. You're going to be like, oh, okay, is this, is this even real? If he eats, is it, is it real? You know, you see like, uh, like it's not going to be like Ghostbusters where, where this, that Slimer, you know, that green one, where he's eating stuff and it's just falling right through his body. It's not going to be like that. He's Jesus is able to eat, and we're going to have bodies like that. That's Jesus' resurrected body is an example of what our bodies will be like. Um, number five is you will have a painless body. Can I get an amen on that? A painless body. Revelation 21.4. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All things, All these things are gone forever not for 10 years not for a thousand years not for a hundred years forever so painless painless right um you think about when you go under the knife some people have never been under the knife for anesthesia and stuff you know you wake up you go and they put you they give you that general anesthesia so you will not be aware of the pain but it'll catch up to you. Once that medicine wears off, you you feel pain. Right? That's why they give you medicine afterwards to help you cope with that pain. But here, you don't even got to worry about any of that because you don't experience that kind of pain. It's not like you're going to be walking through um, your room in heaven and stub your toe on the nightstand and going to be screaming. Right? You won't no pain, no pain. We have that to look forward to, and I am. Very much looking forward to that. I have enough scars to show the pain that I've been in here. Then the the weather changes um, here, and uh, you, you get some pain. And we don't got to worry about that there. Um, number six is you will have a supernatural body. So it will be a body, but it will not be like like this body, right? So John twenty nineteen, that Sunday evening. The disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. So these people are locking the doors, battening down the hatches. They don't want anybody to find them because they think that they're going to be killed just like Jesus was killed. And here, all of a sudden, Jesus in his resurrected body shows up. Now, he didn't walk through the door and pick a lock or sneak in a window. He was not there, and then he was there. Did he walk through the wall? Did he teleport? 
I have no idea. But whatever we're going to be able to do in that resurrected body, there's going to be some abilities, um, I think probably quite a few abilities, that we do not have the ability to do right now. And it's going to be so awesome. So it's going to be the supernatural abilities, right, that we'll be able to do. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So number seven, um, you will have divine knowledge. And so this comes from 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is a partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. So it's kind of like a dusty old mirror or mirror with smudges all over it that we're looking through now. And it's like, ah, what is that? Or, or a funhouse mirror, right? Think about that. And it's a, a warped picture. We don't have the clear picture. That's what I'm saying. Whatever whatever we get to experience is going to blow our minds. Is because right now, we are we are not seeing an, actual, an accurate picture of eternity. We can't. We can't comprehend it with these with these uh with these finite brains that we have right and and we all all we have to compare it to is our current experiences so we just don't have an accurate comparison here because we live in a fallen world but once we step into eternity you know it's kind of like if like back when i used to wear glasses um you get your glasses all dirty and you kind of struggle or or you walk you walk from a nice, like right now I'm recording this, it's wintertime. You walk in from the house outside and your glasses fog up and you're seeing everything kind of foggy until you wipe them away or the fog goes away. Or you clean your glasses, bam, you can see clearly. And it's like a night and day difference. It's like, wow, this is awesome, right? It's going to really, it's going to, it's going to be a thousand times better than that. Um, so we're going to get to see an accurate presentation of everything. Um, so that's just, I mean, that's just some hints of, of what our bodies will be like when we're glorified. You know, uh, like I said, man, I, what we actually will get to experience, I think is really going to blow our minds. Um, our glorified bodies, it's just, it's just the glorified bodies is just one aspect of eternity that I'm, I'm really looking forward to. And I think most people look forward to, that's why I kind of wanted to focus on this on glorification because I kind of been following what our lives do, what our bodies are doing. Um, how we should be acting our behavior. So, you know, in there we won't. I mean, we'll have. I've already chosen a sin to to follow um, Jesus, who led lived a sinless life. And so, really, once we're in the presence of God, I don't. I don't think we're going to have the ability to sin or the desire to sin. Now, you know, there's some things like in the in the thousand in millennial kingdom in the thousand year reign of Christ, where there at the end, um, Satan gets loosed for a little bit. You know, as far as what all that entails, I don't know exactly. If you do know, enlighten me, or you got ideas, enlighten me. I would love that. Um, I, I've kind of, I've heard a lot of different teachings on that, and it's really it's going to be really interesting. And I don't think any of us will really know till we get there. But um, you know, we're, the thing is, we're not going to be hanging around on a cloud, strumming a harp, or in a endless you know, church sermon. We're not going to be doing anything like that, you know. Um, so we don't want to be hanging out there, though. We're, we're going, I mean, like I said, look, listen to that description of our of our resurrected, glorified bodies. It's going to be so awesome. And what we'll get to experience is one-on-one, face-to-face, 
fellowship with God, with our Creator, and it's going to be absolutely amazing. And I don't want to do that alone, guys. I don't want to. I don't want to get to heaven and be like, well, there's like three of us that made it. You know, I guess we're going to hang out together. No, we want to make heaven crowded. We want to make heaven crowded. I love. I actually love that saying. My wife got a shirt um, here, you know, a while back that said that, and I was like, wow. That's such a that's such a good statement. Make heaven crowded, you know. We know that uh, you know that the New Jerusalem is going to be a fourteen hundred mile cube, you know, fourteen hundred by fourteen hundred by fourteen hundred, and it's going to have plenty of room for billions of people um, to have plenty of room there. But let's see if we can make it crowded. Let's see if we can be like, man, I don't know. I wish this thing would be a little bit bigger. There's so many people showed up. I guess we did a little bit too good of a job spreading our testimony, telling people to come here. You know, that's, that's a good thing. So share your testimony. That's all I can say. Share your testimony because you're going to get to be in the glor- have a glorified body. Let's just let's try to get more people to have glorified bodies. Let's take the opportunity to spread the good news because they're, quite honestly, to go back to the joke I told earlier, there's more lost souls in this world than you can shake a stick at.